Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Frog Thor. One War Thor. One Fortnightly Discussion of Comics and Nerd Culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 217. And it's haunted. <laughs> it's haunted. Ooh. It's haunted by hammers. Yes, the, the hammers. Hey, Handsome Minds. How you guys doing? Great, good, excellent. They're lovely. Lovely. Mm-hmm. I heard. I heard a lovely. Okay, lovely is a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna be talking about Thor later on. Nerba Book Club or Thor's. Thor's, yeah. Actually, we will be talking about Thor's. Multiple Thor's. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're discussing Mighty Thor volumes one through five. Jason Aaron, Russell Dodderman, Matt Wilson, Lightning, Thunder. Mm-hmm. Hammers, gods, gods, goddesses, lots of them. Mm-hmm. Bunch of them. She are gods. Wasn't expecting that. They she are. They. Oh, oh! I should have seen it coming, and it still hit mm-hmm. me out of nowhere. Sucker punch. Yep, just, just, just blindsided you. <laughs> Ouch! I almost felt. I felt like like I, the air just was driven out of me, and I wasn't. <laughs> and like so. Good, a good pun should really make you wince that hard. Yeah, you can't breathe. You're thousands of miles away, and yet you can still hurt me. That's hey, that's uh, that's true friendship, that's, buddy. That's the power. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get that's a bit that's a bit later on. Uh, right now we got some comic books uh to talk about recent comic books. Sound good? So, I I love it. Okay. Living in the moment. Good. It is time for Poppy's Fort Nightly. Flavius Fortnightly. So Eric and I will review a selection of the past couple of weeks' books. Tell you buy or do not buy them. Uh, may or may not be a mush meter involved, depending on how we feel. If we're, you know, maybe a little bit on the fence about a book in a certain direction. Or maybe we'll just hate it and say do not buy it ever. That has happened. I mean, I don't even think I necessarily have to hate a book to say do not buy it. Because hate is, is a feeling. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're going to go write a, a song, power ballad. Mm-hmm. Um, our first book is Batman number 50 written by Tom King art and cover by Mikkel Janine colors June Chung letters Clayton Cowles with many 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 other artists mm-hmm. contributing single pages I'm not going to read them all because there's like 20 names here there's there's too many Um, hey this is this is the wedding issue there's been about I don't know a dozen tie-in books to this plus the last maybe 10 issues of Batman itself has been leading up to the wedding with various villains. And it, we had to know what everyone thought about this. You know, there's all these different characters. We got to know what the Joker thinks about Catwoman and Batman getting married and what Harley thinks and what Ivy thinks and what whatever. All, every character, what all the Robins think about it, etc., etc., etc. This is the, it finally here. It was also spoiled in the New York Times. 
<laughs> the Monday. I was not aware of that. The, That's terrible. The Monday prior to it coming out, two days prior to it being released, the new DC, I guess, gave New York Times its blessing just to run a story about what actually happens in the comic book they want people to buy. Jesus Christ. Um. So if you still haven't been spoiled on it, uh, skip ahead. Oh, a bit until because we have Catwoman next, and that's also going to be a spoiler for this. The results of this comic, but ta-da! They don't get married. Ta-da! Catwoman decides not to. She leaves him. Um, I'm I'm getting kind of it's a little tiresome. Yeah, I I was actually like feeling, you know, there was some emotional punch there, um, but leading up to the this swerve at the end i felt kind of cheapened it i was actually thinking how much more invested i was leading up to the end despite it being incredibly saccharine like compared to the x-men marriage episode or uh, uh uh issue a couple of weeks back um i was like i feel nothing you know i and I don't know. I found this more effective. I think Tom King's just, you know, he was doing a lot of right things, but to do this hard swerve back to status quo, I just think is very tiresome. And who knows? Maybe at the end, th- th- this is what Tom King has said. So this is a hundred issue story. Mm-hmm. And there's g- there's more to this. Obviously, Batman is going to fight for his whatever there's more to this story this is halfway and i one if you're gonna if you're gonna make it so that they end up at the last second they don't get married why so so many tie-in books so many there was a a couple it seemed the past month or two about the wedding why why are you taking pre-orders for a giant hardcover book called the wedding album in a, in a comic that you know is not at least th- not yet is going to end in a marriage you know that they're not getting married and yet you're taking pre-orders on a giant book collecting all these marriage stuff it's like, just a big fake and that it, that is i don't care what like you know it's divorced from what this story is end up, end, end up doing you know maybe batman ends up marrying catwoman at issue 100 you know maybe that is the end yeah, or not. Whatever. Divorce from that. If DC knows that they're not going to end up married, why are they selling all this? Like, do they expect people to still go through with their pre-orders when they go, oh, no, this fake. They didn't get married. Catwoman ran away. She had cold feet. She realized for whatever reason she isn't going to marry Bruce. Why would they still sell all that stuff? Yeah, I know that money is the answer, but I... Mm-hmm. It's still grain. Yeah. And that's so that's one that makes me ugh, makes me feel gross and two tom tom king you're a great writer you you write some great comic books i'll give you that but I, if it's gonna take another 50 issues for something to actually happen between like <laughs> i don't it's 50 issues there's some books that never get to 50 issues ever hey you know what i would love to get to 50 extremity it didn't make it it got to 12 did a great time. Did a great job, but it's twelve. It didn't make it a fifty, though. And if you think that I'm just gonna stick on board for another fifty issues, waiting for Batman to get married to Catwoman, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you know. That, that I'm not. 
not doing this again. <laughs> you know, I'll read more Batman. I Batman's, you know, he's evergreen. He's always going to be there. But sorry, you got to give me more than, oh, here's 12 issues of, you know, proposal and, and build up and tie-ins and then fake. We're going to do it for another 50. No, not with me. This is where I say goodbye. <laughs> I like a lot of the stuff you're doing, but you've got me for you've had me for fifty issues. I'll, I'll bail on the next fifty. I'll read them later, maybe. I'm a do not buy on this. It, the, I like the the art in it is very like seeing all these different artists, but they're mm -hmm. very neat. I you know some of them are I like more than others, but just seeing the assembled the talent here is really cool. It, There's a lot of really lovely stuff in it, for sure. Tom King's writing is still solid. You know, I think the execution of what happens is good, but I don't... No, thank you. I don't want another... I don't want more. I, I wanted them to get married. That, that is a novel thing that I'd be mm -hmm. very interested in seeing. And that's the thing that Tom King's like, yeah, the thing you'd never seen before. I'm like, no, Bruce has been in a lot of failed relationships. I don't... This is not novel. Him getting married and being married for another 50 issues. That's novel. But that doesn't is what not so no thank you, pass do not buy. Well, I wasn't particularly excited about it from the get go, mm -hmm. and the uh, I mean hard pass on the ending. I mean I agree with everything you just said that the interesting thing was changing the status quo, and I'm not particularly happy with it either i just i don't have quite the vitriol that you do mm -hmm. you're, you're you're giving me vitriol envy i don't like it I'm, I'm 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 upset with myself that i'm not as mad as you are i don't think that's a <laughs> not... <laughs> i think i'm just i have more caffeine at me in, in the moment and that's really all it is yeah i think i have a it's a it's a couple hours earlier in your day mm -hmm. i don't need to drink more caffeine at, at uh at this time in my day, I'll be up all night being mad about Batman. <laughs> I, I, I'm a polite, I'm a polite <laughs> no thank you on this book. Okay. Um, I would not go out of my way to spend money on this. I mean, if you're, there is some super fantastic artwork in here. Um, and if that, if you flip through it and that sells it to you. It is a cute collector's item, but it is, I feel jilted. <laughs> Much like Bruce. Yes. Uh, that's so. a, a, a double do not buy mm -hmm. on Batman number 50. Uh, next up, Catwoman number one. Even says so on the cover, don't read this until you've read Batman number 50. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, story and art, Joelle Jones, Laura, all read on color, Josh Reed, letters. I mean, I, I would be reading this regardless of what happens in Batman because it's Joelle Jones mm -hmm. doing a DC book, doing a Catwoman book. Seems like a slam dunk. Did uh, did Allred do the color on uh, Lady Killer also? I do not remember. It it feels very Lady Killers. It does. It it definitely feels very much like it. I, God Almighty, Joelle Jones is a fucking powerhouse. This book is amazing. Laura uh, already did color Lady Killer. Makes sense. They're a good team. They are. Which is, it's great to see her not just coloring her husband's work. Uh, what do you think about, I mean, I, I, I think this issue is, 
good, and I, I, I mean, I would probably buy just for her art alone. Yes. Um, but you know, the, it unfortunately, like the whole, like the whole thing that they're making a solo Catwoman book on the heels of that mm-hmm. Batman issue is very much like a tell already. But I don't know. I'm curious to see, you know, what Joelle Jones does with the character and her art is gorgeous and kind of perfect for Catwoman, a Catwoman comic, I think. So I don't, I don't like the direction of this book. My, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I'll see what you don't get a lot here. You know, I think that's my only complaint. It's kind of Mm. a little uh, slow. It's it's an hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I like her art and her talent enough that I don't particularly care. You know, it's not enough to override me reading this and enjoying it and appreciating how good it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she, I think she's also nails uh, Selena's voice pretty well. You know, I think. Oh, yeah. I think she does have that pretty down pat, which is, uh, again, enough to make me not as concerned about not knowing everything that's happening in this book. But I, I'm a buy. I would I'd buy anything that looked like this book. Well, you already, so you yeah, already, you already did. Mm-hmm. Lady Killer. We buy all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Joel Jones. Good God, she's amazing. It's very good. It's friggin' incredible. Uh, so double buy. Catwoman number one. Next up, Eric, is Death of the Inhumans number one. Written by Donny Cates, Art Ariel Olivetti, colors Jordi Belair, letters Clayton Cows. I wonder what's going to happen in this Death of the Inhumans book. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to get a cuddle. It's a real, um, it's a real misnomer. <laughs> the name of this book. I, it's hard. I'm just gonna, th- I'm just gonna throw this out there. This is the thing by Kate's that I've enjoyed the least. Yeah, I agree with you. It, and then this comes on the heels of reading the Black Bolt book. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it feels pretty bad. I think juxtaposed against that. Yeah, that it doesn't help that we just read that Black Bolt book. But I think, mm-hmm. like, I can, you know, I'm pretty open to a lot of Inhuman. Like, this it, it this does, it is very strange. Uh, and it I think it, it gets Black Bolt well enough. But it, at a certain point, I, one, they're not, like, this reads to me just as, hey, we need to reset the stuff that happened with the Inhumans that obviously that experiment failed, you know, Marvel tried to make the Inhumans a thing, you know, they didn't want to invest too much in the X-Men because of the the film stuff and the rights. So they said, well, we own the Inhumans. Let's try and make this a thing. And it failed. I, I, I at least critic like commercially, I don't, you know, some of those comics are good and some of them are less than good, but Commercially, it did not sell well enough to justify the push. And this this is all this feels to me. Like, it feels like, I, I don't not necessarily mean that it would be bad, but it certainly feels like Marvel's going, we need to reset everything within humans. We need to get this, get rid of some of the, you know, the hundred new humans, the new inhumans that we, we, ins- we created with those, all those new series. We need to get rid of some of them. They're, cl- they're clutter. There, we can't have all these superpower people around because people ask questions. We need to. We want to erase some of this stuff from continuity. How do we do that? Oh, we have a guy that kills dozens and dozens and or hundreds of Inhumans. Let's get rid of all of it. 
And in theory, in practice, I'm not necessarily against that. Because I, I don't I don't necessarily think that matters in the, at the end of the day. But when you... I don't... I just can't... I can't believe that Lockjaw is going to stay dead. Like, I just can't buy it. Like, it feels like such, like, it feels like, it feels like, oh, John Wick. You know, John Wick starts with a dog dying, and then John Wick goes on, Counter Reeves goes on a rampage. And it feels very much like, here's the thing that will definitely get people angry, get people, I don't know if excited is the right word, but people, like, will go, oh, man, this is serious, et cetera, et cetera. But it just feels like, so so ridiculous it, it like and it's it, it's like oh what's killed the dog in the first issue to let us everyone know that it's really serious and i just i yeah, just the dog is the woman in the refrigerator in the story yeah and it's i don't end and up his other his other wives are also arguably the woman in the refrigerator <laughs> yes exactly and it's it, it you know i love lockjaw right I think. I mean, I yes. Yeah, I. Everybody loves Lockjaw. Robbie. Everyone, don't ever, don't a, think. Don't act like you're special. I know, but I mean, I I love Lockjaw. I he's he's great. He's this big. We talked about in Black Bolt when we in that discussion about oh he's this big dumb mustache dog that teleports people everywhere mm-hmm. and and is friends with Miss Marvel, and friends with Kamala. Like who? Can, how can you not like Lockjaw? And I didn't feel. I didn't. I wasn't angry at Vox. At the end of this issue, all I felt was, oh, this is us trying to, this is us start having to like realize, oh, this is serious. Vox meets business. That's what this is supposed to tell us. It didn't make me feel, I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel angry even. I spent like, oh, the death of the humans, I'm sure is, I don't know. I, this is supposed to feel like a gut punch. It doesn't. And that's, I think, that's the thing that tells me it fails because I care about the humans. But I don't. This comic doesn't really make me feel anything, because it feels trans. It feels like empty. It feels like oh, don't worry. In six months, there'll be more Inhumans comics. Probably Black Bolt will come back to life, or there'll be new, whatever. You know, I don't think they're going to kill off the Inhumans. Whenever, like, hey, I read Death of Wolverine. Guess who's back right now? I would say Death of Wolverine was more effective than this. Yeah, I want to count myself among the fans of Don Cates and. I can't be on board for this. I just, I just don't, I just don't enjoy it. I think Robbie's done a, a good job of articulating why. There's not really a whole lot I can add to it. It just, it just feels so lacking in character. I think Kate has a really great voice and is firmly behind a lot of the things that he's written. This just. I don't know. It's like a homework assignment that he's not passionate about, and maybe he is way into it, but it 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 feels like half of a commitment. I I I'm not drawn in. I could I can easily live without this book, and I think you should too. And Vox, what? Why does he look like that? Because he's '90s badass guy. I'm a I'm a dude up by. Yeah, no thanks. Let's double do not buy a death in the humans. Number one. Next up, the century. Number one, written by Jeff Meyer, art Kim Jacinto, colors Rain Barreto, letters Travis Lanham. I like the century too. There's a lot of books in there with um, very like like B, C, D level characters that I that this week that are. All came out. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of Robbie characters. Um, We've talked about your 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 love of the century. I like the century. I think he's 
I think he was difficult to account for and to write for, so he disappeared mm-hmm. for a while. But now people now now we've found the place where Marvel Comics is nostalgic for the century. Strangely enough, and I think I like this. I'm not wild about it, but it's not terrible. I could see it going to good places. It's um, it's it's odd and off kilter and surprisingly violent. I am really curious what Lee Myers doing with this. This is this is I don't know. It's weird to me. It it is weird. I mean, and Jeff Lee Meyer has like I don't know. I feel like his def- his career is almost defined by a lot of books that are like this of mm-hmm. weird trips of characters put in sometimes like you know situations where you're not sure what's real, what's happening, multiple worlds happening, you know, things timelines happening at the same time. There's a lot of books that he's written that are like this or with protagonists that are out of control or you know neat you know or what's the right word are desperate for for control um and that's a you know that nails century to a t pretty much you know it's desperate for control i just the, the my reticence is the fact that I've read a lot of those comics. I've read other books that are, you know, this reminds me of, of Miracle Man. It reminds me of the old century. Like, it feels like a, it feels like the old, uh, what, what, I forget what they called that book that was, it was written like a Silver Age comic book, but with the century, like, as if the century was a character in the Silver Age, you know, and I feel like that, obviously he cribbed from that because it's a part of the character's uh, history in Marvel, but. I don't. I I'm curious about where it's gonna go. I'm. I just don't know where it could go. Is a that's not just the same thing. <laughs> like I don't. I I I'm. I'm hopeful. I guess because mm-hmm. I I I like how this book looks. I I think the art manages to bounce back and forth between bearded, sad-looking Bob and his weird weird century world like i i like that i think the writing is actually like solid it's just oh, it's yeah. more it's more the overall direction that i'm kind of like mm, is this gonna you know it, it is it going to push the century to the in a direction that i find interesting but i'm i'm giving it a shot i like the century i want him to be cool i want it to be a mm-hmm. good character i want him to be around at least no, I don't particularly have the background in the century that you do. I've not, I've not read those stories and have no particular um, fondness for the character. I find myself interested in this, but to be perfectly honest, I would forget that it's running in two weeks. Um, I think I'm kind of a do not buy on on just sort of on those grounds that I'm not just like super hooked, really into it, have to know what's next. I mean, I could easily forget about it, but I do think I'm interested. I would come back to this if people talked about this run, but I'm, I'm, this is definitely not a book, at least for me, that I would follow every month. This would be a thing that a couple of months from now, I would be talking to you and you would say, oh man, Century's pretty good. Or, Centuries 
not really that good. I'd be like, okay. But I think this is a good book that I just I just can't muster a lot of excitement for. I think I'm a like a buy mushy mushy meter one. Okay, that's where I'm at. You're just yeah. straight, straight up. Do you not buy? Yeah, but but you know another polite one. <laughs> okay, so we're a split decision. Mushy meter one on century number one. Next up is multiple band number one. Written by Matt Rosenberg, art Andy McDonald, colors Tamara Bond villain, letters Travis Lanham. I also have a soft spot for Multiple Man. I just want good X Men stories. I like this book. I do too. It's funny. It's good. He's he's weird. He steals people's sandwiches. Smashes globes on Bishop's head. Yeah, what the fuck? He needed his thing. He needed the time travel thing. God Almighty! What a dick. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jamie Major Jamie Madrox is a dick. I, I'm this book. It it reminds me already of Superior Foes of Spider Man. Yeah, has the same kind of vibe of this miscreant, lovable miscreant, uh, who <laughs> beasts me like this is why everyone doesn't like you. Don't you realize that? <laughs> <laughs> but the fact you know that the, there's always been the thing about uh, Madrox is is uh, the the fact that all the dupes are around and who's who and that's always a part of it but i i think that it got really dark and serious by the end of his the of uh peter david's x-factor run with jamie madrox and then he just ran away with and then he died <laughs> to make the inhuman x-men thing mean something i guess I'm glad he's not dead anymore because he died in a dumb way. I'm all for. Mm -hmm. I want if Hera's going to die, I want it to mean something, not a dumb throwaway event. Um, I don't. Again, there's a mystery about is this really him? And uh, sort of like doesn't matter. Um, who knows? But that's part of the story. I think the the art is suitable for the kind of lightly comedic tone. You know. Um. There's like I, a, I just I just full on enjoy it. I think it's I think it's good. No, it is it's, good. It's it's solid comic book work, and I, I, I'm a fan of Tamra. Honestly, I think she makes books look very good. There's a weird like warlock multiple cable warlock multiple man thing going. I don't. There's versions of of this of the of Madrex that appear for the future, and it's very strange, weird amalgamations of characters. And I don't know what's happening, but I find it very mm -hmm. enjoyable. Yeah. I'm bye. Yeah, absolutely. Rosenberg. I've yet to read a Rosenberg comic that I've not enjoyed. Um, double by Multiple Man number one. Next up, Black Panther number two. Written by Tanesa Coates. Art Daniel Cunha. Letters Joe Sabina. They really must have said, all right, Tanahasi, do whatever the fuck you want. Because <laughs> that's what this book is. <laughs> the whole time I'm reading this and it's like most of it is like a big long Star Wars mm -hmm. flying around action scene mm -hmm. that does not translate well to a comic page and all I can think of was like god Akira did Akira did this so much better like this is a good looking book but like I have no fucking clue like what well beyond why 85% of this book needs to be a Star Wars TIE Fighter dogfight 
that tells no story, but like, like I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's just a bunch of speed lines. <laughs> this isn't. This is not an effective action scene. Yeah, you can communicate the fact that the uh, the this Black Panther is a, a a good fighter with special powers without fourteen pages of Star Wars. <laughs> It's 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 not the best. No, it looks. I like. I I really. I really like Daniel Cunha's art. I he's it is. It is very nice looking. The man is not doing a good job of communicating the shit that's happening in here. He is making it look pretty, though. So it is. It is a lot. Uh, many pages. Fourteen pages. I didn't of count using pretty shit. I'm just that was my estimate. My rough oh, estimate. That's, that's okay. That's I mean, okay. I I'm still. That's the thing, like, this issue doesn't really communicate a lot of new stuff. Like, all we do is meet the... I, I wish the, the the king of the intergalactic empire of Wakanda, we meet him, I guess he has... Does he have a symbiote? Is that what is supposed to be? I totally thought it was a symbiote, too! He's got he's got all black, the, the fucking, like, gore sword, that's what it is. It, I don't whatever it is I don't I don't whatever his powers are like he's that's fascinating I'm cool but he they run down like six different events that the rebels have done like they they blew this thing up and they killed those people and they assassinated this guy and I'm like well maybe show us that stuff instead of like 12 pages of of a dogfight sequence mm-hmm. that is is not very effective sadly like I I like I like I find this story very fascinating because it's so fucking crazy uh mm-hmm. that's so divorced from you know Black Panther doing stuff on earth uh and in now because this is thousands of years from now I guess that's what it says so I have to take them at their word I guess but I don't feel like my dollars are served very well when <laughs> so much of this book is stuff <laughs> But I don't even know what I'm actually looking at, except from, hey, this new Ch- T'Challa is good at shooting guys in space with in, mm-hmm. in his fancy laser ship. And I go, I think, I think, I think I can just sum this up. This is going to end up being Afro futurist Star Wars. Yeah, I'll buy. How about this? I think um, for, I where I'm at with this is I'm going to buy the trades for this, and I'll probably really like it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm going to buy any more issues of this. It is not a thing that I need to be hooked on, but I think, you know, a year from now, it's going to be like, look at this weird thing that he wrote. Sure is fun. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm right on board with you there. This issue's too fluff to be paying, you know, three ninety nine, four ninety nine for it. I, I, I'm, I'm not so hooked that I need to jump on this every month. So I don't know. It's Tana Hussycoat, so they better not cancel this series. I I don't know. That's the uh, guess. What selling issues is outdated. Stop doing it. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Guys, come on, just make it. Make the move. Cut. Kill Diamond, please. Do it. <laughs> you can do it. All right, that's. I think that's a double. It's a, a strange double. Do not buy on Black Panther number two, and that we both mm-hmm. like it, but th- this issue. This, I I think that there's there's been a lot of that. Yeah. This time, this has been a very 
perplexing two weeks of comics. Yeah. Our, our la- Speaking of, our last book of the week is Captain America, number one, by Todd Asa Coates and Lineal Francis Yu, with inks by Jerry Alanglin and colors Sonny Go, letters Joe Caramagna. So here it is, Eric. We talked about this, I don't know, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, I mean, I've been very interested in, ever since it was announced that he was going to do a um, a Captain America run, I have been very eager to see it. Um, and I kind of feel like the thing that I really like about this, he's kind of hitting two notes at once, you know, one sort of how people feel about the current political environment in the country, but also how people feel betrayed. I mean, directly it's addressing how people feel betrayed by Captain America in the Marvel universe, but i think it also sort of speaks to it it does make that bolder proclamation you know the the thing that i think maybe we hoped that the secret empire and all that stuff would be saying you know about the country feeling hijacked and and digging into all of that i feel like this dances up to it a little bit more I feel like Coates would be more equipped to say something about that. So I like that it's approaching that. I like that it's saying those things. I like that one of the big conflicts in this is going to be Steve dealing with people really sick with what's happened and him trying to win people back. I find that pretty interesting, given how ugly that was. And and I don't know, that's a big part of what's interesting about Captain America is him having to deal with the ugly parts, the parts that don't match up with the American dream, the American ideals. That's what I find interesting about this. I mean, killing nuke cyborgs and stuff, whatever. Our boys. Yeah, our boys. Marvel makes every new writer for Captain America sign a contract. And you have to include a requisite amount of nukes. <laughs> I, I I think that's true. Nuke nuke can be the new um, Crusher Creel, huh? I mean, literally the last three people who've written Captain America. Oh yeah, no, nuke I... has showed up. Yep, our I mean, boys. Who else? Who else is going to fight a guy with a flag tattooed on his face? And then he died, and they're like, "Well, uh, what do we?" Oh. Clones, Android, yep. Cyborg, Nuke bots. Nuke bots. Our boys, our boys, our, our boys. Our chorus of our boys. Yeah. Our boys. No, I agree with everything you said. And I think, yeah, one, Coates is well-equipped mm-hmm. to actually actually say something and use Captain America as a symbol that is meaningful and have actually Steve reckon with that, reckon that, oh, I am a symbol and I am now a symbol for things that people don't like. That a lot of people are, don't like, and what does that mean? And you know, Coates has done interviews and said about this that I, this is not going to be me writing political theory in a comic book about America, because that makes for bad comic books. Mm-hmm. It is. I have to write Steve. I have to make. I have to find what Steve is and write that. And 
you know, he, he, he has mentioned, I think he has repeated it and it's in this comic, but pretty much word for word. But he said like, yeah, he is, he's a believer in the American dream and in the American ideal. And what does that mean now? What does that mean in 2018? What does that mean in, in the heels of Secret Empire? You know, mm-hmm. in that giant shitstorm. What does that actually mean in both Marvel Universe and, as you said, in the other layer is what does that mean for us? Yeah. I think here's an interesting thing about this book. I can't find a single non-white person in this book with the exception of the mugging victim at the end. Mm-hmm. And he used her to make a statement about how she is afraid of Captain America and the mugger. I don't know. I think in this day and age when there's not a lot of divert. No, there's there's a, another victim is also a black person. I feel like when there's an absence of diversity, it's a statement. I really wonder what that's about. Maybe I'm wrong. Never forget our boys, Robbie. Nuke won't let me. He can't. He can't do it. He's got to go shoot people to remind me about our boys. It's true. Our boys, don't forget. Pow, 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 pow. Mm-hmm. Where's Captain America? I got to get I got to get beat up by him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Francis, you does sneak a Marina shot in here. Dude, I was just looking for it. Where is it? 24. Bottom panel. I probably I probably looked at it and he snuck it yeah. in. Yeah, I, I I I totally saw that reading it and didn't think of it. Didn't make the Miranda show. Like she's even dressed like Miranda. She is. She's keeping it tight. Elderly. Yeah. Elderly little, Sharon. Yeah, she's getting along there. Getting a little long in the tooth. Well, it's not her fault. She did get sent to the weird alternate dimension that she doesn't have Captain America Super Soldier Serum to keep her young. It's true. Not her fault. Doing her best. I'm glad that Bucky's here, too. I like that I think Bucky as Winter Soldier as Cap's friend, but also as a representation of that harder edge of the, of, of someone who does not flinch at murder, at, mm-hmm. at, at killing people when he thinks necessary. You know, I think that's a, a, a nice ingredient to have in the mix. I think Cap's a richer character when he has Bucky around. But I'm super excited for this book. This this is really good. I'm I'm very intrigued. I mean, I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. I'm I'm hoping that this is. I'm not as blown away as I was by the first issue of Black Panther, but I am indeed hoping that this ends up being one for the ages. So yeah, this is a buy from me, 100. percent Let's double buy. Captain America number one. And with that, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for Checking In. Checking In is a part of the show. Eric and I talk about what we've been doing the last past couple of weeks. Talk about anything we find interesting, what stuff we've consumed, media, art, and uh, tell you folks if you should, you should check it out. Or just about anything we feel like talking about, honestly. What's going on? You know, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I finished the community center. Oh, did you? In Stardew Valley. Oh, good job. You didn't bow down to to mighty, uh, uh, what is the fake company name? Joja. Joja. You didn't bow down to mighty Joja. No, I did not. Good job. my, my My last act was to put a tuna in the fish tank. 
all that fishing was the most bullshit part of all of that. Everything else was fine. And then I had Pierre punch that guy. So it kind of feels like I've beaten Stardew Valley, but I, I'm not at a point where I'm not addicted to it anymore. So I'll probably put in a couple more hours. How, where are you in the timeline? I am in the winter of year three. Do you know what happens at the end of year three? I think it happens at the end of year two. Mm. If you're if you're talking about Grandpa coming back as a ghost, I thought. Hmm, I think. I don't know what happens at the end of year three. So what else was it? You were, was was that it? No, I think Grandpa comes back as a ghost, but I think it's more final at the end of year three than it is. Yet. Oh, I really? I believe. I think so. At least that's my recollection. I know at the, be- I know at the beginning of. I don't know if it was the beginning of year. three. Maybe it was beginning of year three. I don't remember when it was. Um, it probably was the end of year two. But like basically when it happens, like I got the, I got that ending. I don't know what happens at the end of year three. I thought maybe it's I wonder if they I swear it's end of year three where if you've that's when grandpa asks what you he judges you. basically. <laughs> he comes no, back it's, from uh, the it's, dead it's to the end of year two. I wonder if they've... Yeah, it happens uh, year three, day one. Oh, maybe that was... I was thinking the first day of year three. I, I don't remember. I played Stardew Valley a long time ago at this point. Yeah, it's the beginning of year three. And that already happened. Grandpa told me I was a real good boy. Well, that's nice of him. Mm-hmm. And I got the fucking statue that gives me free iridium every other day. So I'm, I'm rich as hell. Yeah, after a certain point, you're just like accruing things. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm about to have, God, I like basically in year three doubled, and it's still not over, but I doubled the amount of money that I had shipped, and I've got like almost two million dollars of just walking around money, and I'm, I think I'm gonna buy the uh, the teleporting staff, um, but I, I don't know how much more time I really want to invest into it. Because I just see, like, all right, how many more chickens do I want to pet? How many more bottles of star fruit wine do I really need to ship? I still have not gotten, like, a any ancient fruit or any of that stuff. So there's a bunch of stuff that I haven't done. There's a, a bunch of, like, the com- for just b- the sake of being a completist I could go through and do. But I don't know. It is kind of one of those games that, like, it feels rewarding to check in, play for an hour, you know. And then, like, leave it for a month and come back. But, you know, I put it in about 90 hours. I'll, I, I, I'm I, wondering if I'm going to keep playing it. That's about how where I got. I was like, I'm, I've done enough. I think I'm good. Yeah. I, uh, I still really like it. I still think there's a lot of value to it. I wonder if starting a new game would be meaningful to me. Other than that, I don't know. <sighs> Goodness. I wonder if I've done anything else fun. Seen any movies? We talked about Incredibles. Uh, yes, we did. Part two. I know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Do you know what holds up way better than I thought? Because we watched it on, on July 4th as Independence Day. I mean. It's a, it's a very good bad movie. It's kind of an evergreen blockbuster yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, it is like a really dumb but well-written movie and like i have gotten to the point where i forgive it for its um its little stupidity for its little foibles 
Like the fact they but use a, just... a laptop to give a alien. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a... virus. Yeah. It's like I mean, War of the Worlds, a... but with it's a, AOL. Right. It's a retelling of War of the Worlds or fucking whatever. I don't know. Um, it's fun and dumb and I don't know. I enjoyed it, but we made fun of it the whole time. It it holds up surprisingly well. Welcome to Earth. I get, yes, those words. It's no really longer an American holiday. Hell yeah, God, the fucking speeches. They were. It was surprisingly good. I I I did enjoy it. Well, you know what I did in July Fourth. Uh, you you celebrated the uh, the most American holiday in Canada. I was in Toronto. Hmm. I would love to go to Toronto. I'm very jealous. Toronto is a cool city. I you know, I did not spend a lot of time there. We only were there for a total of two days, technically, because the third day we went to Niagara Falls. But uh, we spent some time in Toronto. It's a lovely city. Very uh, I don't know, diverse options of food which is the main thing i enjoyed there i eat a lot of i it. mean that's the main thing i enjoy anytime i travel yes but we went on a food tour uh and i got to eat in the span of three hours i ate tibetan native american chilean jamaican uh where else did we there's there's us there's a europe there's uh, some european countries in there too but it was very good um the city is very pretty, and I saw Niagara Falls for the first time, and Niagara Falls is really neat. Uh, it's very, it's one of those features of the Earth that it makes you feel tiny. It makes you feel like, all oh, right, we're we're nothing. We're just little tiny things. Look at this giant, massive thing. Uh, that just the the sheer amount of water on the can. We stayed on the Canada side for the falls, and in the Canada side, you can go into tunnels that go behind the falls. Oh, wow. So, and there's portals, like little holes cut behind the waterfall where you can just see the, the flow of water. Uh, and then there's a platform that is basically at the foot of the falls right outside of it. And it, like, I have, I think there's a picture on my Facebook, but it was, like, it, it's it's stunning. It's, like, it's one of those few things that, like, you see and you're, like, and you just, you just stare at it and you're, like, I don't. How do I like? I, how do I fully? I I don't get a. I don't have a grasp of this. Mm. I don't. I don't. I can't understand like the the amount, the force and amount and size, the sheer like magnitude of the amount of water coming. The fact like the, the, its persistence over. You know it. It is a. You know things like the Grand Canyon and yeah, and the the redwoods in in California and the Niagara, and Niagara Falls. It's one of those things where you you see it, and everyone there was like probably fifty people on this platform. All of us walking around, looking at it, taking pictures, and everyone had the same look on their face. You know, every single person sitting there, all was kind of struck by it. You know, it it is very impressive, and I. If you had asked me prior to going, if I was excited to see the Niagara Falls, I'd be like, I don't know, I I should see it. You know, we're in Toronto. I'm never going to get this chance again, probably. You know, not really, if not for a long time. You know, I don't know when I'm going to be back in Toronto, if ever. So I should do, I should see it. So I'm like, yeah, let's we'll go to Niagara Falls and make a day of it. We saw waterfalls through on the drive over from Toronto, um, smaller ones that are dot the landscape. Did some hiking, 
but when I get there, it's you're like, oh right, it it reminds you of why you should make time for things like this. Um, there's also many other things to do in the area: go to casino or get go zip lining or go to aquarium. There's I, I was not I did not know there were so many things to do in Niagara Falls, but there is a lot of things to do there. Um, other thing I want to talk about, Eric. Not just Robbie. natural, not not just natural features of the earth. Uh, a video game. You play video games now. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic is the name of the game. Uh, it, I got it in the Steam sale. I believe it. The Steam sale is now over, but it is. This game is, is worth it really. Yes, it is now. Um, hmm. This game is worth full price. I will say that it is in early access. Uh, but I, it has so much to do in it. I don't like. I played it for forty five hours, and I'm I have not. There's still many things I have not done, but it is a co op, uh, mission based mining game where you play as a space dwarf. Uh, there's four different classes of space dwarf, which have some different abilities about how they uh, move through the environment. Uh, what kind of weapons they use, uh, because you are basically picking missions to go on on uh, dropping down from your space station, I assume, that's where your your base is, uh, dropping it on this planet into different environments sometimes, and it's below the Earth. You're all, you start every mission in the kind of the bottom of a of a pit that you drilled into the earth and you're exploring cave systems and all of them there's you know there's a desert cave system and there's a crystal cave system and there's a a poison pit system and you know there's six or seven of them they're all very different from each other and you go in every mission you have a goal like i need to mine this amount of this mineral and you go find it you mine it you deposit it and you're like you have a little tiny robot that follows you around you, you you toss the stones in there. You have a gun because there's a bunch of space bugs in there. Big giant monster guys that shoot acid at you or webs or bite you. They have all different things going on. Bunch of Those naughty space bugs. Space bugs. They Some fly at you. Some grab you mm -hmm. from the ceiling. That's not good. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. Cave leeches. They grab you from the top of the ceiling, suck you up, and then eat you. Not good. Uh, But... And, you know, there's a variety of mission types. Sometimes you're not mining at all. Sometimes you're recovering other things. And there's Sometimes you're just trying to kill bugs. I I just find it endlessly enjoyable. You're exploring, like, you're exploring. It's procedurally generated every time the caves are all fresh and new. Um, I think it works. I, I sometimes, it you know, it's hit and miss for me a lot of times on games that have procedurally generated levels. Because sometimes it just makes levels that don't make any sense and are don't work but because it's like theoretically you're jumping you're dropping into weird cave systems on some alien planet you know caves don't need to make sense caves don't make sense in our life like it's just you know where water ended up flowing underground so it's the same here all right like i don't care if like this cave oh this cave is really weird like why is it turn right and then turn left and then goes up and then down well because caves are weird sometimes so it makes perfect sense every every level's new and fun and i don't know i've been playing with your brother he likes it that game's a super fun i've been playing with kim too and it's a lot of 
<laughs> yelling as like a bug is you're like uh, you have a bug behind you and you turn around you're like ah and you run away and or try and shoot at it or jump it like or fall off a cliff and you're dead you're like oh i'm dead at the bottom please help or you're screaming as a flying bug carries you away it's a lot of fun it and the a lot of the missions end with after you've co- collected enough of the things it ends with like a desperate sprint back to your pod that will take you back up and it just it's all like it's almost always very tense and fun you're like yelling and bugs are popping out everywhere and you're chasing this little robot around that you as it's it's like it's trudging back trudging back to your ship and you're just like running past and you're like and then a giant bug appears you're like bah, 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 kill it run 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 i i can't get up there how can i and you're like trying to figure out stuff you have two <laughs> i have a minute i'm not gonna make it go without me leave me it's all very very silly and fun um has good progression systems, good gear. You are would be happy to know you can buy many kinds of beards for your dwarf. I'm relieved to know that uh, that I can buy many kinds of beards. You know the most expensive one? Oh dear. Um, I can't even imagine. It is the Lemmy. Well, that's that's something. It's suitable, I think. If you're going to have it, you know, the 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 most expensive up uh, aesthetic upgrade. It might as well be a, a Lemmy Killmeister uh, look with a cowboy hat and everything. That's a good game. You should everyone should buy. It. It's a lot of fun. The up they've uh, they're they just added a huge update, and like I'm I I um I see myself playing this game a lot as I as as I go. That's all I got. It's Space Dwarf Mining Company. Mm-hmm. The dwarves yell things too about. I mean, I think that's like your dwarf. You get plus one to yelling things about about bugs and rocks in their shoes and people shooting them on accident. Mm-hmm. All those things happen. You ready to talk about some Thor? Seems apropos. Okay. With that, we can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club. This is the part show. Eric and I will sign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth, like you would a book. In a book club, except it's a comic book with the pictures, mm-hmm. illustrations, drawings, if you will. Yep, Draw- drawings. Gotta say it like that too. Mm-hmm. Say it exactly otherwise, like Eric says it. Yeah, other otherwise, Jason Latour is ashamed of you. Makes fun of you. Mm-hmm. On Twitter or just wherever, wherever yeah. he happens to be. Right. Um. This week, it's Mighty Thor volumes one through five. Jason Aaron, Russell Dodderman. Uh, colors by Matt Wilson with uh, a couple other artists pitching in here or there. Fraser Irving, Steve Epting. I'm trying to remember. I'm sure there's a couple other arts. I'm forgetting. There's a fair few of them in here. Yeah. Um, Jane Foster Thor. This is mm-hmm. this is it. This is her. This is her being the featured player, being Thor, or at least the main Thor. There's other Thors that show up, primarily War Thor, and then the. Issue 700 also has a, has Frog Thor in there, and... Odinson's knocking around there somewhere. Yeah, Odinson's around a lot of the time, except when he's not. Man, Loki is just full-on Tom Hiddleston in this. He really is. It's, it's kind of pitiful. Thor, at least, kind of has his own identity, but, like, yeah, it's Tom Hiddleston. 
at least run the serial numbers off a little bit. You know, file yeah. it down, file it down. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he can be Hiddleston-esque. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But just Megan literally, like, just Tom Hiddleston staring at me. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal in the end of the day, but it does. I had that exact same thought. I can't help. Yep. I don't know. I can't imagine anyone who does it when they read it and you're like, oh, that's just Tom Hiddleston. I mean, to be fair, Tom Hiddleston has kind of defined. If you ask a random average person, what does Hope, what does Loki look like? They're like, oh, he looks like Tom Hiddleston. That's, yeah. That's Tom Hiddleston. Obviously. Just feel like you're kind of pushing away all the. All the stuff that I liked <laughs> to draw in people that weren't reading all that stuff. Right. Well, I mean, this Loki is, he's, he's not quite, you know, he's not kid. Like they have that scene early on where all these different versions of him are around. Mm-hmm. Or like this, or him, are there. And then they all are. This is, yeah, this is a complicated demi-good guy, Loki. Yeah, he's a demi good god demi he's a demi demi good demi god you really you i think you that was I, a little labored i i has i'm having i have trouble we all do i have troubles um, we do have the troubles but i i don't know i i like loki mm-hmm. even if he looks like tom hiddleston even if he loki looks like tom hiddleston <sighs> i i really hate seeing loki everywhere so thor the vo- well, I'm just on Viking Hulk right now. Oh, okay. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of people are turning into the Hulk. There's there's apparently not a Hulk. There's just like Hulk is a status now. It's like yeah. being a fighter. You're not a you're not a it's a class. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it, be a mage. You can be a Hulk. You can you you can you can be a Hulk. I mean Thor's the same thing. It's like an occupation. Apparently. It's not really yeah, a... Thor's a Thor's a job. It's the job system in uh in Marvel, in Marvel now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm Hulk certified. There you go. I'm only a I'm apprentice level Thor though. Mm-hmm. I, I'm training up though. I'm I another two years I'll have my Thor certification too, and then I'll be unstoppable. You'll be a Thor Hulk. I'll be a Thulk. Do you know when you get your uh, your Hulk certification at your graduation? They 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 uh they put your name up in the stands, you know. They make you a big banner. Well, it was a nice <laughs> it was a nice time having this podcast, but <laughs> fortunately, guys, you know, all things run their due course. <laughs> and I think, you know, I don't necessarily believe in fate or destiny. <laughs> But sometimes, you know, the world just <laughs> throws something in your face and you, you can't. It's undeniable that maybe some things just need to end. <laughs> I never knew you felt this way. You should be ashamed of yourself. I feel pretty good. There's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. This is a lot of... I can't imagine trying to read this thing without having read at least most of this stuff going in going into this. Mm. I, I it, there's just so many moving parts. You know, we have read a lot of this together. Mm-hmm. I wonder how how it is as a self-contained story because, I mean, to me, everything popped. Everything was super clear. 
And I felt like it, I, I don't know. Like, I really wonder what someone would feel like knowing a lot less starting at the beginning, the beginning of this and going to the end. I wonder how confused they would be. I had never really thought of that until you said that. I wonder if someone would be lost. I, I there mean, certainly is a lot. Yeah. You have no argument there. I mean, it, a, I was going to say it's a huge story with a shitload of characters. And I think it still manages to keep everything pretty tidy. It, I, I don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed this. Uh, this this story has honestly given me faith in Marvel again. I'd I'd wish we had been following this a little bit more. Well, it's been bleak, and apparently this is where all the good's been. I mean, it, I I thought you understood. It's Jason Aaron. It's probably going to be oh, yeah. pretty safe. Well, but I mean, if we read other it, Jason ev- Aaron's right. I was going to say other Jason Aaron stuff we've read has not been this. It's not Thor. It's true, and. This puts him, I, I, you know, he's not done. He is still writing Thor. There's still more Thor coming out, and I don't know when, I, who knows when Jason is going to finish writing Thor. But it is, it, this, after reading this, having read all the stuff that's before this, reading his, you know, the God Butcher stuff and all that, it's him and Simonson. That's it for Thor. This character it's, it is definitive, and it's, I mean... They have they they are the two now who have put their stamp on this 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 character, and I feel Jason Aaron and with Russell Dodderman. I think Dodderman has like him and Isad Ribic are the two I think of now when I think of this this these those two the two stories basically of you know Thor and then Jade Foster Thor, and that it, it is. The same, and and it has he has put his own the the like you mentioned we mentioned the the amount of characters the amount of things happening all at once the amount of di- various interweaving plot lines of war the the war of the realms the 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 weird corporate stuff going on with Dar- Dario Agar like all those characters were so fantastic they were very good you would like. A super billionaire in the Marvel universe. Of course, they're just like that. Of course, it's a, a fucking ninja gunslinger dominatrix. Fucking shit. God, I loved her so much. She's so awesome. <laughs> it's another one of those one of the other one of those characters. Jason Aaron just pulls out of the vault and yeah. says, "Why isn't someone using this absurd, insane thing?" It's great. She shoots gold bullets just because. Well, her dad was. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying she just has like here, have have a gold bullet. It's fucking crazy. Gold would make terrible bullets, I think, wouldn't they? It's very soft. Um, that's why they use lead is because it's soft and it flattens out. I think it's just, it would be the same thing. Yeah, it flattens out and it does more damage. That's true. Hmm. I guess I I I, I mean, don't claim to be a ballistics expert. I mean, James Bond had the man with the golden gun, and the golden gun was also very deadly. So obviously, that's that's science there. Yeah, it's James Bond's based on science, based on real life science. Um, mm-hmm. but you know the, the you have that weird those corporate infighting shield also there. The Jane Foster secret identity stuff of trying to hide her identity as Thor from other people. Her Jane Foster's fight with cancer uh, as she is also fighting Minitsar billionaires. 
uh, Malekith, Loki, the, I mean, all those things kind of tie back into the War of the Realm stuff, but it's just, it's just constant. All this stuff shuffling around of all these different layers bouncing around, interacting with each other. It, 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 and like the uses of those that, I don't know, it's not afraid to be strange. Mm hmm. And I, and I think that's important. It, none of it feels generic. Yeah. Which is a thing we come across a lot as, as we are reading books more and more. I have this, I feel, I've like, I just trying to muster feelings about things. I'm just like, this is so average, so generic. Mm -hmm. It's just so like, hey, cookie cutter, here's team book B formula. You have these three kind of roles and then these three kind of roles and A goes to C and D goes to E. And it's all feels so expected. And in this, it is just constantly surprising you and constantly giving mm -hmm. you things that you didn't know you wanted. I, you know, Silver Samurai Jr. Just hanging, like, suddenly going to chop off people's heads and he's, you know, uh, exterminatrix. Blows up. Blows up that poor kid. He does do that. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. It is. He's like, I'm a tech. Please, I wrote a paper about you. Oh, <laughs> I got a B. Too bad. Should have studied harder, kid. Goodbye. He does blow up that man. They're they're all monsters. They're all terrible oh, people. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it absolutely establishes itself as the other Thor run. You know, everyone talks about Walt Simonson's run, and I think Jason Aaron has now basically got himself to that same level. He has he has pushed away. He has pushed. He has pushed Thor and the, the the mythos around built around this character and defined it for this generation. You know, he's made Malekith really intimidating. I remember when he introduced him in those older stories, whether it was was it during the um I think it was like in the God of Thunder arc, like right before the God Bomb, the God Butcher. It's Am right. I wrong about that? It's right after. Right after? I knew it was Somewhere around that timeline, I remember just, who's this doofus? Why do I give a shit that he's killing a couple of people and he's got his fucking face painted like he's at a soccer game? Like, but he's goddamn terrifying in this. Is Hollingsworth the colorist in this? Wilson, Matt Wilson. Okay, I'm going to say, I get these, I get these fucking, um, all these mats confused. But this is like this is his fucking finest hour. Dude is super talented, and this is just goddamn beautiful. Yeah, him and him and Dodderman working together. Ten out of ten. Yeah, fucking like Hall of Fame. It, it is hot fucking shit. Yeah, and it is it is as much a part of the the, the kind of the genre the the mythos defining part of this is very much. Uh, the the and part of that weirdness and part of like and part of it's a word you bring up a lot garishness unashamed mm -hmm. unashamed garishness of the colors the the brightness the yeah. the the and not and not just necessarily the quote unquote art but the design the the the, mm -hmm. the way that it presents the storytelling is all yeah. in your fucking face mm -hmm. all the time that is a big part of why this 
works so well is everyone on the team is doing their job to tell the story that sometimes when a book's really confusing, it's not just the writer, it's the motherfucking artist. Someone's not pulling their weight. Everyone is just fucking crushing it. It's just ridiculous. God, it's, it's, this is, this is, ugh, it's upsetting that it's taken us this long to read this. I mean, I've read it here and there. Yeah, you have. Okay, uh, by we, I mean me. <laughs> you got a mouse in your pocket? I'm mad that you haven't made me read this. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't make you do more things. I try and make you do lots of things. <laughs> you Eric. make me do a lot of shit. Today. I know. I have 24 hours of wrestling to watch because of you. <laughs> You're welcome. I, yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm enjoying this torment, but. Um, I do have, a, I, when I, you know, when I was thinking about, oh, what the hell are we going to talk about this? All we're going to say is, oh man, this is amazing over and over again. I do have one question, I think, and it is one I'm not sure I've answered for myself, but I do want to know what you think. And I think, I don't know if it. I don't know if it's necessarily fair uh, to judge the book solely on this. And I don't, I don't, but it certainly entered my mind Mm -hmm. is bringing, is Jane Foster sacrificing herself, making the choice she could live, treat her cancer and be fine or be Thor again, save the day. She makes the heroic sacrifice. She chooses, no, I'm going to save I'm going to save the day. I'm going to be the hero. Mm-hmm. And they bring her back. They do. You think that's the right thing? Um, I think I was very frustrated that um, they're like, no, we'll take care of this. And then she got up and did it anyway. She made that choice. Um, mostly because it feels like the solution to it it really didn't seem like it had to be her that solved that problem it felt like any of the other characters could have basically done that like i think when you know it's milnir that has to be thrown into the sun or something like that you know maybe that's something and that is kind of the sacrifice that's made you know right mighty thor dies and not jane foster not jane foster um but i think it would have been really stupid because it seems like a really obvious solution to the problem that fucking literally any of them should have done like it it, that was the part that felt a little artificial to me that she needed to come in and save the day that way so i minded less that they walked that back um I am a little bit of a sucker for a happy ending, so I I don't know. I didn't hate it, and it did not not feel like it was meaningless. I mean, I read I read the uh you know that it had to be her you know mm-hmm. thing as you know the solution to kill the Magog is she ties the rope that used was used to restrain Fenrir. She used ties it to Mjolnir and throws throws it into the sun so that Magog is trapped there. And I read that as she had to be the one to do it was because not because she's the only one capable of it, but because she's the only one who thinks like a human. 
mm-hmm. who thinks uh, who is who is used to being overpowered, who's used to being surrounded, and especially in Jane Foster's case, surrounded by people who are stronger than her, sometimes monumentally stronger than her. Uh, and that's like that's how I talked that out in my head was very much oh she knows his answer to this because she's always you know and even as she's fighting cancer she is fighting something that is quote unquote more powerful than her and she's has the mindset of hey i'm a human i am i'm weak this is how you don't you don't out out punch the magog you out think i think it's i think it's mangog mangog oh i what for whatever reason yes mangog the um, man god. The manga. Yes. That might be the other thing I might be a little the name the use of the mangog is as as cool as the exterminatrix is, I'm uh I'm a I'm a little bit hmm you might be pushing a little bit with something called a mangog. Uh, I mean I really like his design. He looks it's not how he looks, it's more about the name is Oh yeah. I mean yeah. man no one no one's gonna tell you they think mangog is a good name. No one's going to stand up and vouch for Fin Fang Foom either, but I don't know. Comics is full of dumb shit. It is full of that. But uh, what the hell was I saying? Um, Talking about how it's I mean, and I, I think I agree with you that narratively it it does reinforce things. It makes sense from that perspective, you know, that when you look at the, the, the motifs you know, the sort of DNA of the story, particularly the way that you're framing it. Like, I think that does make a lot of sense. Yes. Um, but like when you think about like, OK, I'm going to tie a rope around this guy and throw him. Mm-hmm. Fucking any one of those characters could do it. So we're we're like we're looking at it like, OK, well, this is a story and it has to have this shape. And everything that we've done so far has to point to this. So it makes sense from that standpoint. Like, yes, it should be her because it's her story and all these reasons. But you're telling me Thor can't tie a rope around a monster and throw it into the sun. You're you're telling me Odin can't do that. You're telling me like any of these characters like really it 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 seems I don't know, like I that's not that's not a criticism of the story or the decisions but like i think that it makes it get i have leniency for the fact that yeah if she lives it maybe means less but i don't i don't particularly walk away from the story feeling meaningless you know for all those reasons no i don't think i I, i'm not i don't want to say that it takes away any meaning of the story I think ultimately it, it it only the only reason I say that is because and it's not because Jane Foster the character doesn't deserve a happy ending because I think she does you know if we're looking at oh she's obviously a great person who has made this ultimate sacrifice to save people save people she cares about and save people sometimes who don't deserve it but she's saving them anyway which is a kind of mark of true heroism and because that's obviously she does deserve to live, and I think the way that Jason Aaron does it is is probably as, uh, as you know, the most poetic way possible. Because Mjolnir becomes kind of a character mm-hmm. in this, and not just a 
semi-sentient hammer that can sense worthiness. It is now like a literal, like it be impersonates Jane Foster at one point in this thing. So it sacrificing, I read it as it, it itself sacrificing itself to keep her alive. It allowing itself to be used by Thor and Odin, the storm, whatever, uh, to, to revive her. Like all that makes sense. It's more of, you know, we talk a lot about characters dying. We just, you know, we read Death of the Humans this week and we're like, oh, this is tiring. And this is the, you know, you don't get very many cases in superhero comics where actually death, I, like, I used to think probably different when I was younger because death was like, oh, look how sexy this is. This is so, like, writ, like oh, man, they killed those people. They killed mm-hmm. Wolverine. Like, that meant something to me. But now, most of the times, like, they don't, you know, dying for whatever reason feels kind of empty. You know, multiple man dying to make the at x-men versus inhumans event means something eh, whatever this case it, it felt appropriate it felt mm-hmm. right it felt like jane she did she made that choice and it felt right for her to to die hero and the other thing that makes me that that brought up the question in my mind because I don't think ultimately I want to. I won't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask when asked. I wouldn't say no. This is wrong. Because I don't necessarily think that. I think it just set off some questions. Is the original Captain Marvel died from cancer? Mm-hmm. And that is the one time that a comic book called "The Death of Captain Marvel" actually stuck. Captain Marvel's still dead. At least the original one. And they. I, I think they. They cover it in the comic book, and they've covered it since. And they've talked about it obliquely a lot of different other times when people have, you know, characters have died and, you know, they go, they go to, they go to Mr. Fantastic or they go to Dr. Strange or they go to Tony Stark and they say, why can't you save this person? Look at all the technology we have. Look at all these crazy things that exist in the Marvel Universe, things that are well beyond the scope of humanity now in 2018. Why can't you, you can't stop cancer? Mm. I don't think I'm in a place where I want to I want to see a superhero die of cancer. Well, that's the thing. Like it's it go ahead. They go the the answer always is some things we just you just can't stop. You know, it's always there you know it's just the and I and even like kind of on an editorial level, they've always people have always I think they've resisted bringing back the original Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. because of the finality of that of oh actually no there's just some sometimes heroes can't beat things you know sometimes heroes I, right are unable and I, I, right and i get that i just like you know they did it with captain marvel and sure it's a superhero dying of cancer like what statement is is i would rather see jane foster beat cancer i think that is that's more the place that i'm at you know it's like certainly shit's tough enough, you know. I want I want to see her win. <laughs> I want to see her beat fucking cancer. Well, I don't ultimately think that death, her dying, is necessarily losing because at least in especially outside of this story, because she chooses to to become Thor, mm-hmm. and she chooses to be a hero, and she is. Because I don't I I. I you know that, and that I—that's the the difference between the real world and the Marvel universe. 
because a loss to cancer is a loss in real life. But, you know, when Jane Foster, if she had, now she's fine, and now she's just like a visor to Odinson, who's Thor again, I guess, even though he's not doesn't have Mjolnir. He has a bunch of other hammers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Thor light. He's, he's, he's working on it. Mm-hmm. He, he's trying to get his certification back. He had it, got it revoked. Yep. Getting it back. You know who I want to see more of? Pig Thor. <laughs> remember Pig Thor? No. You don't remember Pig Thor? I do not remember Pig Thor. It's like regular Thor with a pig head. Okay. It was in, um... <laughs> what, the uh, Secret Wars book? Whatever the Doom universe was, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Doom World. Mm-hmm. Right. It's Pig Thor. Pig Thor. Pig Thor. Here, I... This, the other thing that I specifically wanted to mention, and the thing that also, like, when I talk about the book surprising me, and giving me things I wasn't expecting, but I was impressed by, is turning Volstagg into a character with pathos. Mm. And a character with, <laughs> I don't know, with depth. Mm -hmm. More than I mean, just, I like to eat food. Volstagg had been on that path for a while. There was definitely a lot of this Jason Aaron stuff we've read with Volstagg in it. And I'm like, this guy's great. I want more of this guy. And this was, I can't remember if like people were upset about War Thor or I don't know what the deal was, but I, I really liked Volstagg. No, War Thor is great. War Thor is awesome. I, I thought it was awesome too. I remember talking with a comic friend of mine uh, around when that was coming out and saying that people were upset about who Warthor was and didn't want to spoil it for me. Uh, but I had kind of pieced together that it was probably Volstagg. Um, I thought that was a great little arc. I thought it was a fun thing to, to throw in there. I just, like, I, I always enjoyed him. And I thought he had had a lot of really fun scene stealing moments in in the previous stuff that we've read he always stuck out to me i thought it was really cool it's just that uh it's that that one shot of him holding nothing after like he's holding the kids he's running with the kids his children and then the firebombs go off and then he's holding nothing but ash yeah. And a lot of times we are told, not shown, told, oh, this character has changed. They are now a different thing, especially in comic books, mm -hmm. especially in superhero comic books where like characters get gimmick changes and suddenly they're totally different. Uh, yeah. It, uh, first one comes to mind is uh, Speedball from Civil War, who became <laughs> Penance. Was suddenly wearing like a fucking uh, BDSM suit all the time, and you're like, uh, I don't buy. I don't know about all that. That seems like a lot. Why is all that change happening? But I didn't. I don't question. I don't question Volstagg's change in this. No, I don't, I don't question him picking up that hammer. It was. It was really well established. Like him loving kids was. Definitely a thing. He was the big jolly Obelix guy that loved playing with children and saying dumb shit. God, what was that? It was in, no, it was in, um, it wasn't even in Jason Aaron stuff. It was in, uh, K uh Kieran Gillen. 
That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, the Loki. Kid yeah. Loki, Kid Loki book, Journey into Mystery. Yeah, it was Volstagg and that. Jeez Louise. I, mm, no, I'm, I was way into Volstagg then. I just thought it was so fun and heartwarming. And Jesus Christ, that moment was so harsh. And that could easily be really schlocky and gimmicky. And it worked so well. I, I don't know. And this whole bit where he goes off to the hell world and ends up basically doing the same thing as God, it's nuts. It's a really good little arc there. And it adds to the like the the greater depth of oh absolutely of what of what both what Jane Foster what Thor is is going through in in during this war of and giving depth to the fact that this is a war. This is an ugly, gross, terrible thing, and you know they call him War Thor for a reason. And he goes to that the the Cinder World, the Fire World, and he is going to engage in war, and that means killing children, you know, killing innocent people, innocent beings, whatever you want to, however you want to, however you would like to categorize sentient fire children fire fire babies fire babies mhm he's he, he's going to kill them with no qualms and it is a we the word war is thrown around a lot like that's like this everything in this book is taking these terms that we hear in superhero comics all the time the word war how civil war secret war mhm and it's like 10 dudes fighting yeah and you're like that's Okay, cool war. This is not a war. This is superhero battle time. This is war. War of the realms. There's no misnomer here. It is. Re this is like, and it's still going on in the in in the current Thor book. But it is, it is a war, and it is it 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 is a strange thing where this book is somehow able to balance the fact that it has a peep a, a a monster called the Mangog and this exterminatrix assassin termin uh, assassin dominatrix lady that shoots golden bullets and a and a billionaire ceo that turns into a minotaur and a silver samurai junior dude who just grenades some poor schlubby sh tech guy and this silly silly things flying cars underwater and yet also can maintain the gravitas of jane Fo jane foster fighting cancer and Volstag turning into something he hates. Like, that's not an easy balance. Being able to shift the tone and make it work is a, 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 a kind of an incredible feat. Because I'm usually the first person to criticize the stuff that does that. You know, when it when I am reading something and it's like, Hey, this is a really funny, silly thing. And then suddenly it gets super serious and, and tries to be both. And almost, almost all the time it fails. This manages to not do that. You know, the thing that I've been definitely chewing on a lot lately is a lot of writers and creators in comics. They're sitting down to try and make capital A art in their comic and I think making a statement like that with Volstagg and walking that line, you know, to do a character arc like that, something about Jason Aaron that he never sort of forgets that he's making comic books 
you know, and that it's about being big and over the top and fun. I, I, I don't know why it is he's able to keep it like, like so squarely in that com that column. Because I mean, I agree with you. Like, there's so many times that the things that he's doing could just go completely off the rails and just be complete bullshit. But it never stops being like bold and bright and like just completely joyous to read, even when it's really heavy. It's just it's interesting that he's able to do that with this to keep Thor fun, even when it's about like elves trying to commit genocide. And I think it's a it's a a thing that I think is aided by the art. Oh lord, yeah. By the garishness of it, by the bold by the insane like neon colors and mm -hmm. the 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 sound effects that are so important. Uh especially definitely hand drawn in the art. Yeah, in the action scenes, I feel like they like the cracoom, the the sound mm -hmm. that Mjolnir makes when it calls down the thunder. Like, did you notice that uh, Volstagg War Thor does a, a kamehameha? Like, straight up just does a kamehameha. I did not see that. That it, it is. Uh, what issue is this? Oh, it's number twenty three, and it is on page the six. It's on page six. That is, he is 100% shooting a lightning bolt at Thor, but he's fucking doing a Kamehameha. There's 100%. Or for the uninitiated, a Street Fighter Hadouken. I mean, Ryu's a wizard. I mean, it's fair. He shoots fireballs. That's what wizards do. He does. That's what wizards I mean, do. But they have to say fireball. That's why it says Hadouken. Fireball. Fireball. Exactly. Yeah. That's how it works. I don't know. Jason Aaron can write Thor as long as he wants. Do it forever. I don't care. I'll just keep reading it. If I don't read it, I'll feel like I'm missing out. But, you know, he talks He talks about in the afterword about how he didn't expect this character to be the one that defines him. Or be the, be the one that the first time he cried while he was writing a comic. Or even expect death threats from many people who probably haven't read this comic book. And I don't I don't know, like, I, it, it's a, I, I, I don't understand the people who, 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 who can't fathom the idea of Jane Foster as Thor. And when you read this comic, yeah, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's nothing, it's nothing like it, it, like, that's the thing, like, most, like, comics like this where you have these, oh, a female character is Thor all of a sudden. She's, oh, we have a female superhero, blah, 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 blah. But it's not, that's, like, like that's the joy in it, is that it's not about that. It's about Jane Foster. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about her. It's about Thor. It's about, it, it certainly tackle, the, tackles the idea of her as a thief of the hammer and all that stuff, but an Odin as kind of a voice of patriarchy. But that's always been there. That's what Thor has always been, you know. And the, the, that's it. Feels as like this feels as natural as anything. Uh, it, you know, Thor has always been about worthiness, about being able to pick up that hammer. And this is just another permutation. It really is miraculous how Aaron manages to make. I don't know. Everything does feel natural. Everything feels like it's out of history and character and 
nothing really feels forced. It feels natural for him as a writer, as it does feel for all the characters in the world. And even as he keeps going with it, I mean, it's it it's really like a Jason Aaron Thor universe. It just feels more and more his whole whole cloth creation the longer it goes. Yeah, it's defining. Mm-hmm. Anything else we haven't touched on, Eric? I I want I want more of this crazy Midas woman. She'll pop up again, I assume. She better. She's fucking amazing. Solid gold-plated airplane. Jesus Christ! Everything in this is just fucking complete madness, and it's wonderful. It's just absolutely great. Do you think they're going to restore Milnir? Because it's in the future. At the you end, think he's got an arc planned for it already. Probably, probably. I, my, this is just blind guess. Last issue, last Jason Aaron written Thor issue, Mjolnir pops up. Well, Mjolnir comes back, help save the day. Whatever, I don't know, but that's my guess. How, uh, how much longer has he been slated to go on with it? I don't, I don't remember what the like. He is Marvel exclusive. They, he's their big. You know, they. Yeah. They. That they re-signed him, put him on Avengers. I I don't know how long their contract. I want to say five years still, but that might be wrong. But that's my. I think that's what it was. That's what I. That's might be conjecture too. I don't even know if that was actually ever said it somewhere. That might be just rumor. Like, oh yeah, he's exclusive for another five years. But I don't know. It's it's gonna be of it's. It tells you something that it's gonna be a strange feeling when someone else is writing for. You know, like there's a lot of times when I get, you know, and you get new creative teams on a character and you're like, this is this is interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. But when Jason Aaron stops writing Thor, it's going to be a really weird day. And I feel I, I that that the person who's going to have to follow him there. That's a big ask. It's a tough act to follow. I think the only person that I I know, at least off the top of my head, that's even close is Kieran Gillen. No one else seems to handle the the whole Thor side of Marvel anywhere close to the, that good. I wonder if if they I wonder if they made a big offer to him if he would do it because I mean isn't that what Wiccan Divine is kind of? Oh Lord, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just you know dealing with myth and gods and humanity and all that stuff. I mean that's that's why he's so good at it. Yeah, it's part of it. I think I I think that's I think we're good. I think we're okay for. For Thored for, out for th- the moment. We're Thored out, but that, hey, not uns- unsurprising. Hey, Mighty Thor is a great comic book. If you haven't read it, you should. Um, almost all of it's available on uh, Comixology Unlimited, if you are subscribed to that. So you can get all but, I think, one volume for for for, base- for the cost of, like, $5 a month or whatever it is. Um, that'll do it for us for the Mighty Thor. Uh, some, say, programming notes. Next week, we're going to have the, the next episode is going to be a week. You know, we've been on a two week uh, schedule lately. The next episode is going to be a week away. We're going to be reading uh, the first five volumes of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl by North and Erica Henderson. It's just another Marvel book. It's been a long time coming. Eric's going to yell at me because I didn't make him read it earlier. I like yelling at you. That's it's a fair, fair point. Um, That'll be a week away. And then after that, we will be again going back to uh, every other week schedule. So in a week, we'll have another episode. And then after that, two weeks uh, again, we'll have another episode after that. So just a note, probably say it again next week just to remind folks. But that is Unbeatable Squirrel next week. Read along with us. 
Um, I think that'll do it for us. We are the Hands Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Um, see facebook.com slash Hour, Twitter at HBC Hour, emails handsboyscomics at gmail.com. If you like the show, if you're a fan, give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Uh, or you know, wherever you listen to us, whatever podcast or app you use, use its review function and leave us a good review. Uh, it takes only a small amount of time and helps us find new listeners uh, and we really appreciate it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and see most of the things I get up to by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter where I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight. And with that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.